0: Yeah, let's just and see, see what, what comes out.
1: This was a. Percu- yeah. Well, we're going to get to it. Hello and welcome to So You Think That Was Good, Do You? A podcast where we take a look back at the films from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. My name is Evan and I am joined by the beautiful, wondrous Sam this week. It's a bloody beautiful duo, mate. How are you fucking doing?
0: Oh, it feels good. It still feels good to be back. It's still a novelty. It's great um, to have you back. I think I think I'm gonna leave that as a cold open, that little lead in to the hello and welcome so people can see why we're always so blown away by the by the, the notes that you hit. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. out of Fucking nowhere. I've is.
1: got to, or I don't um. have the confidence to start. <laughs> and now we're in it. Yeah. We're trapped in the episode, so we have to continue. And that's <laughs> the only way I can get through is by knowing there's literally no way out for me until I do the outro. I
0: I'm good. I'm good. I've had a bit of a uh, a bit of a rough day. I feel like I need to set the stage for my watching this film because I've basically just watched it. I'm just coming straight out of watching the film that we're covering. I I planned to watch this earlier in the day. <laughs> but I forgot that there was like routine maintenance on the on wi- on the um, on the power. So at about 9.30 this morning, all the power went out. And I was sitting there and I realized, okay, well the Wi-Fi is down and it's down for the next six hours. So, awesome. I guess I need to do something else with my day. So I went to the station, went into town. Then I realized that the next two trains were cancelled. These are one an hour, leaving me stuck in town, dossing about for the next few hours not getting back to the train station near my house until about five o'clock. But that's okay, except it's a half hour cycle back to my house. And in the middle of late autumn winter that we're in now, that it's pitch black <laughs> by 5 p.m. Yeah. And I got back to the station and realized, oh cool, there's no batteries in any of the lights on my bike. So I'm cycling in, on pitch black country lanes, near collisions near-death experience and i sit down and what do i do i watch a scanner darkly
1: and oh, what a beautiful leading to the movie we've watched this week sam is thankfully right otherwise this will be a waste of time we watched <laughs> 2006's a scanner darkly continuing janovember uh we, we've jumped ahead quite a bit this is 10 years after the last movie we watched which was Chain reaction.
0: Yeah, I mean, this isn't chronological. Uh, no, no,
1: no. Uh, originally yeah. intended to be, but I, I'd i like to save next week's episode for last, since I think it is, you know, by far his best known movie.
0: I mean, we're teasing this. Like, we're not... It's the Matrix, <laughs> it's obviously. The, yeah, like, everybody know doesn't
1: if... know it's the Matrix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've already mentioned it. But I don't know... I mean, I don't know if technically, like, viewer numbers. Maybe... Do you reckon uh, John Wick's... No, I think John Matrix, Wick is
1: is more well known for sure. Uh, I don't know if it's as much part of the zeitgeist though. Matrix is eternally relevant. Yeah, yeah. Whereas John Wick, I'd be interested you know, to know you could if watch more people have seen lots of other movies like that.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to see if more people have seen John Wick or The Matrix, oh. or in fact, A Scanner Darkly. <laughs>
1: okay that uh, one i think i probably know <laughs> i think that's a pretty easy answer i think it's probably the matrix the first one at least or at like least to think more so. people are aware of the matrix whereas john wick even though i really like the the first two i've not seen the fourth one and the third one was awful i think that's still a very particular kind of movie and we're hitting that age now where it's like it's you're an older man and you just want to watch people shoot guns and you don't want to think about anything, yeah, and guess. so you enjoy it. Like a very dad movie, that, isn't it, John? <laughs> Just watch him do gung-fu. And it being cool, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's enough for me. And this, what we've watched, is the polar opposite, which is a movie as that would have you think.
0: As as you can possibly get. Yeah. Uh,
1: and, yeah, this is a movie until the last 15 minutes without any obvious themes.
0: Well, well, the
1: themes are the messages, I suppose. What you're supposed to be thinking about it. Uh, and we're going to get into that. Before we go, let's go over the cast of this movie because it's actually quite brilliant. And when I, I saw so it... So
0: unexpected. Yeah,
1: it's a great collection of actors. So uh, It's Keanu Reeves, obviously. This is Keanu Vemba. We're not going to watch a movie without him. Robert Downey Absolutely. Jr., who has a very... Who... It's a very niche I role mean, in this, to- but this is a like a strange time in his career. He's kind of just coming back. This is pre Iron Man, so he's not massive again. Uh, you know, this is I can see why he's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winona Ryder, uh, famously, these guys did this movie together. I didn't know it was as you're gonna find out. This is an animated movie all the way through. Uh, from my idea of it, I thought it was animated in portions. No, it is. It is the animation. It starts as it's the one you're watching for an hour and forty. Which
0: it's sort of semi-animated, isn't it? It's yes. kind of okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: rotoscoped, so it's it's all been filmed. All of these actors no. look no, like no. themselves. They're not they're not voice acting. I mean, I came into this with no preconceptions, and what I expected was that this first scene would then lead into a standard live action film as it went on
1: yeah so i didn't actually look into this but it looks like it's been filmed at something low like 16 frames per second so they have less frames to paint over and they literally just rotoscope every scene because yeah like technology back then wasn't as good as it is now mind you we got transformers a year later or the same well, year maybe so cgi was good then so they, they maybe it wasn't rotoscop maybe they weren't doing it hand drawn maybe it was a automated process
0: so i think that cgi at this point was gaining it was kind of it was hitting the point where it was indistinguishable nearly in certain yes, situations
1: got, i think transformers a year later and that is uh, and i'm not being ironic here one of my favorite movies <laughs> And these Transformers look fantastic. But anyway, we've not watched Transformers. Carry on.
0: (laughs) So we were getting into an era at this point where you could put CGI in a film and it wouldn't look completely stupid and out of place. Yeah, yes. At least in retrospect.
1: In comparison to the CGI owls of
0: Labyrinth. So I feel like what they were doing here was kind of... Perhaps they could have CGI'd the stuff that they needed to CGI, which was not a massive amount but by doing this rotoscoping kind of method. And I do think some of it was automated because when you look at some of the scenes, the faces kind of melt a little bit and they go a bit weird as if a computer has tried to, you know, if someone's tried to automate the animation process, basically. There's a there's a guy, Joel Haver, I think, yeah. on YouTube, a sketch guy who does a similar-ish uh, animation method where he takes some live action video... Uh, Draws over one frame and then gets the computer to do the rest of the animation for like the next hundred frames or something. It's kind of yeah, I,
1: I watched um Corridor Digital, you know, those guys, they do some great CGI work on YouTube and they've done something similar recently. The rock, paper, scissors, I think it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, uh, there's two of them now. Uh, and they they just drew a few scenes and had they, they wanted to show how AI could be good for the arts if used in the right places and it's an AI generated animation based on like a few sketches and also live input from from real humans um but i feel like going into this they knew that it was going to be sketchy like that where things are warbling and stuff and they just they whacked it up to 100 because when you start watching and we are going to touch on this more it is very off-putting but as the movie goes on you realize how it contributes to the themes of what's happening to the main character, and also the more general themes of God, they love drugs in this movie.
0: It's one of these things where it's hard to criticize the animation style because there's always the rebuttal of, yeah, it's meant to be trippy. So any faults are the director trying to convey that. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I did struggle with is in any scene where you've got camera movement and they try and, they've got these like 2D drawings of things that are trying to move in 3D space. It fucked with me really badly because they don't yeah, move there are these, properly.
1: No, there are really strange artifacts throughout the movie. But again, you know, not to be too much of a defender this early on in the podcast, but I feel like it, it adds to it. Certainly, once you get to the end and you realise what kind of film this is. But we have we've dipped deep into this Sam already, <laughs> we and really I really have. haven't even touched on the plot synopsis. So let's let's get that out of I'm the so way. Sorry.
0: Let's get that out of the way.
1: In the near future, as America virtually loses the war on drugs, Robert Arcter, a narcotics cop in Orange County, California, becomes an addict when he goes undercover. He's wooing Donna, a dealer to ferret out her supplier. At the same time, he receives orders to spy on his housemates, one of whom is suspected of being Donna's biggest customer. There's a lot of names there uh donna yeah. is winona Ryder. robert Arctor, who is referred to as bob throughout this movie is keanu is reeves bob. yes yeah. um the the housemate they're interested in is robert downey junior's character who what is his name barris is that's his surname but barris. that's what yes. he's referred to that as well. throughout the movie and then woody harrelson he's not he's not named in that plot synopsis but he's just about he's doing his like um, he's just high as fuck all the time. in the he's he's just he's there. Yeah, he's, he's just Woody Harrelson's
0: almost like the comic relief, which, as we'll get sure. to, is is a weird thing to add in to a film like this. But I guess they needed some <sighs> kind of some scenes where you could just chill and enjoy
1: yeah, Woody I'm, Harrelson
0: talking yeah, shit.
1: I think you know they're trying to show the uh, having been in situations like this where. You're on that edge between doing hard drugs and just doing some fun drugs with your mates. The, the, the scene where they're all sat in the house just before Woody Harrelson characters chokes and they're literally just laughing around, talking just absolute shit and they're rolling yeah. up weed, was, that was very reminiscent for me. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, if I, if I hadn't got a job and a degree, that's, that's where I would be. I'd still be doing that. I, I, yeah, I can um, relate to that but um i think that's why he's there because he's the normal guy he has nothing to do with the rest of the plot so he's to show you that this could be a normal situation even though we have these two other people in the room robert downey jr who is obviously even though he's very sneaky about it he's a bad dude uh and then robert arctor who is kind of has this dual life where he's getting lost in being a, a drug addict but also has this responsibility as a We'll call them sheriffs because that's what the movie calls them. But the technology they have is above and beyond what sheriffs have.
0: Yeah, I think just a quick note: if we're going to refer to Robert to Bob Arctor as Robert and Robert Downey Jr.'s character Barris as Robert, then this could get. Very confusing.
1: Okay, but as a footnote, I'll add, we'll we'll refer to him as Bob, but also everybody prepare for Bob to also be referenced to as Fred.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) If
1: anybody's easily confused, this isn't the movie for you. (laughs) Honestly,
0: it got very confusing because even he refers to himself in the third person at times. During those scenes, he's wearing his fucking morph suit, which is indistinguishable from all of the other characters in the whatever this secret police thing is, and you're looking at it like... And his, his voice is disguised as well, and he's referring to Bob in the third person. And I guess this is intentional on some level, but you're like, uh, is that you, Keanu? And I know,
1: I can't wait to get to that, but let's explain everything we're talking about to everyone else. So and the movie opens with this other character. Uh, he is played... By Rory Cochrane, he's Charles Freck, oh, who is hell. a guy yeah. who has taken so much of the drug in this universe, which is called D.
0: D. It's um substance D.
1: Substance D. That's it. And it it, it eventually associates uh, disassociates you from reality. It messes with the communication between your left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. Is the yeah. general gist of it. He is he's fully gone. At the beginning of this movie, he is seeing bugs crawling out all of his hair. Like, even when you're watching it, you you don't believe the bugs are there. You know this is a guy who's pranging out. Uh, he sees Absolutely. them on his dog. He's trying to shower them off. It's a very, very uncomfortable scene. And I, as soon as this came on, even though this is a very intriguing movie because of the animation style and and the general themes, this really put me off. I was already like, this. I don't like dystopian stuff. I've been angry about this catalogue of films we've chosen for November because <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. it freaks me out. I don't like Black Mirror, so... Uh, even this, which is just drug stuff, which we already have, was just—it's really uncomfortable for me. But it's a very compelling scene because it—it it puts you right in the setting.
0: So and then, this scene, just to just to kind of contextualize it, this scene is what I was talking about when I said that I got home after all that bullshit earlier, sat down and saw um, Freck desperately yeah. scrambling with bugs flying out of his hair, and I thought. Shit! What have I got myself into? What have I agreed to watch? And it's long because it's
1: it's not like a ten-second scene. It's it's three or four minutes of him scratching out. He gets in the shower. He sees them on his dog, and then you you're immediately empathetic to the dog. Of course, it's a dog in a movie.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: it's it's really uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> so it's and on. Carl isn't and here he, this week, and he suggested it. So immediately we're all angry at him.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, Carl! What, no. I was furious with him. Um, I also, I don't want to criticise too much, because this isn't exactly my wheelhouse, I don't don't know, but it felt like he was really overdoing it. His, I've forgotten the actor's name, but Rory Cochrane. Rory Cochrane. Every single time the camera was on him, he was doing these big faces with his bulging eyes and the wonky mouth and the staring at everyone and twitching and squeaking and I was just like yeah I get it all right but can you tone it down a few notches I felt like Robert Downey Jr's reflection of it his portrayal of you know what is essentially a heroin addict was it felt a lot more true to life and I feel like there's probably some of that might come with experience
1: (laughs) I'm very much almost leaning to agreeing with you because I do like his portrayal, but I think each of them represents a different stage in in where that they're at in that addiction process. And Bob is our a sort of rising meter throughout as he moves from the apparently most sane person in the group who is, as we're going to learn, an undercover cop trying to figure out who the, the perpetrator is within his group of friends. And then he, yeah. he slowly becomes more unhinged. And then Woody Harrelson is kind of like the fun guy, but also he's only fun because he's done so many drugs and you know, if he'd stop doing those drugs, he wouldn't be fun. And then the other guy, Freck is a guy who has gone above and beyond. Like he is he's well past course. Yeah, he's barely hanging out with this group anymore. He's, he's always pranking out. So I, I did enjoy this. And also being from, sorry to ruin everyone's image of me. Uh, I'm from an area where a lot of people are like that, and they're not quite as scratchy uh, as this guy, but there are a lot of jaunty people in my area who are moving a bit more than you want them to,
0: you know? He was very... um, Stand still a bit, bro. He was very Wormtail from... uh from harry potter yes yeah yeah
1: uh scrunching and scratching around and cowering a lot yeah so very yeah. uncomfortable scene and then it's very much juxtaposed then to the next scene which is keanu uh bob giving a speech to these it's a group of people who are interested in like removing d from society but it's he's given this speech that's been given to him by the the sheriff's department which is you don't know where that's come from it's it's not what he really believes but also he's taken a lot of drugs at this point so he's kind of disassociating uh, but i wanted to talk about the the scramble suit because it's supposed to be for people who are yeah. undercover but it's not very subtle is it like i might not be able to tell who <laughs> you are yeah. under the suit I was- but i could absolutely pick you out of a lineup if you were in the suit
0: <laughs> It's but it's the people, constantly shifting monster over there. Yes,
1: so people haven't watched this movie, obviously. Only us, only we have watched this movie ever. Yeah. I think I think we are the only two people to ever seen this us movie. And director, and this is it's it's like a um, I suppose it's the shape of a hazmat suit, but it is its intention is to constantly shape your form for anybody looking at you. It's like constantly flickering images of over like they said it was like. Ten million or something people. So constantly, every part of your body, every segment of your body was flitting between images of people, uh, of other people in the world.
0: So yeah, every second it's switching, and it's not one consistent person. No, no, no. Your left eye will be an old man, and your right eye will be a young woman, and your your mouth will be you know, it's just an amalgamation of people, and that's meant to bypass this sort of nineteen eighty four style extreme constant surveillance but you technology. are very
1: easy to track in that suit
0: <laughs> absolutely follow the Why guy doesn't it just...
1: who looks like everyone all at once always if and we've got him. like
0: one person <laughs> yes a blank person agent 47 just just a nothing human being then it would have the exact same effect
1: or if it's got 10 million people just switch it every time you meet a new person it doesn't need to be You're... all of them at once
0: you don't even need that. It, put an actual hazmat suit on. <laughs> put put a mask thing. on.
1: You could just yes. cover your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is the exact same thing as these. I mean, it's a full body thing. Yeah, His clothes yeah. are changing. Yes, you can't identify someone because different. they've got a t-shirt on.
1: It's very <laughs> cool, though. It's a very cool effect. Uh, but it is... It is.
0: In concept, it's cool. But it it's... really doesn't bear thinking about too much. Also... No. He eats and drinks through it
1: through the suit. yes, okay. I thought I was gonna be pedantic by bringing this up, but like ten times in this movie he takes drugs through the suit
0: and I he pops pills through the face How models. is he doing it? I don't know <laughs> no idea. I don't think we're meant to think about it. We're meant to be too caught up in all the crazy trippy madness. <laughs> but yeah so I mean this so this is the part that kind of introduce well, it starts to introduce the premise that. Yeah, he is this undercover cop that's basically uh, investigating himself, even though no one in his department knows who he is. So even within his department, it's they all wear the suit, anonymous. suit still.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone, yeah. any of the other cops, even if you have having a meeting with them, you have all got your suits on because the whole point is you can't identify each other. Well, I say that's the whole point. I don't know why they do that. It's the biggest flaw in this movie. If they, all... I'm going to get to it in a second. Carry on.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Well and then the other thing that introduces is this substance D and yes. they talk about it's pretty it's a, I don't know it's pretty heavy handed when he brings up the powerpoint presentation for this room full of very anonymous white men oh business yeah. businessmen who we don't really know why they're
1: it's like a gentrification society they're all they're, they're all people who want druggies off the streets so they can buy stores and sell like fucking bamboo shoes and that is what this room full of people is
0: it's a group of people who are irrelevant to the story and he gives them this presentation on what substance d is because they're all too rich to know um and it's a it's a drug which is extracted or you know created from a flower yes Um, very important for the end of the movie yeah, what's the word that I'm looking for? Blue? Well, the psychoactive component <laughs> is. A hang flower. on, hang on, hang on. Did
1: because he... if Cole was here, he would rip the shit out of me for that. So, in the absence of him, I will take the best out of myself. I thought the word you were looking for was blue, and then the next words out of your mouth were psychoactive component. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for you, buddy. Miss you.
0: <laughs> we've got to play, Carl. Occasionally, we've got to we're gonna have to pull a headcanon out of our ass for this at some point. Anyway, point being, it's a, a, a drug that is that comes from a. It's it's heroin. Um,
1: yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. That's the. Well, that's it, not gonna change.
1: I was gonna say this for the end, but this is. This is a, based on a book written by Philip K. Dick. Uh, yes. And this is a semi-autobiographical tale. So he, he went through a lot of what happened in this movie, apart from the ending, which he came up with whilst he was in rehab. Uh, and he was addicted to substances such as the aforementioned. Um, yeah, so a lot of this is based on real stuff, which is even more hard yeah. once so, so I learnt that. Uh, much I mean, yeah, we may as well.
0: This movie. May as well talk about it now because yeah, at the beginning, um, you think of this. Okay, it's it's no secret that sci-fi books and films, more directly than most other genres, will uh, parody or talk about real life issues very directly. Yeah, and that's what he's doing here. Is he is almost exactly representing the kind of the opioid epidemic in America. Of the sort of, I mean, I don't know the decade, seventies maybe.
1: Oh my god! I thought he was just describing blue. <laughs> that
0: <laughs> there may have too early, as well. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, yes,
1: obviously, drugs were fucking massive in the seventies. Uh, he was a sci-fi writer, you know. He was into this shit, and he was addicted. And uh...
0: and the government was obviously a lot to blame for in in America, in the USA and Canada. Um, for the massive opioid problem that they had, that these uh, is
1: the war on drugs being the proposition of drugs.
0: Everybody has
1: some, <laughs> and then you'll all be sick of them.
0: The war on drugs being holding out some drugs, <laughs> and then when someone takes them, going no,
1: <laughs> to jail with you.
0: <laughs> Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there you go. That's. I, I, I didn't realise it at first. I really wasn't expecting this film. I mean, I'd never heard of the, the novel. Oh, I it had... was only after finishing the film and wikipedia it yes, that I realised this was based on a novel by Philip K. Dick.
1: I'd heard of this movie and remembered it only because of the coolness of the name, even though it means very mm-hmm. little to me. There is a speech midway through the movie that sort of asserts itself on you as to why this book movie is called it. But um, I started it and I thought, okay, so this is just a kind of quirky animation movie of the time uh and they're going for something i don't know if it's done anything for me but i'll sit through it and and that's it you know i got Mm -hmm. halfway through and i thought oh this is a movie for druggies this is so you can watch it because there's all this weird shit that happens people like transform into bugs while people are pranging out and stuff like that yeah this is not dissimilar to the movie human traffic this is just a weird movie for people who like drugs and it's very niche. And then I got to the end and I don't mind saying it now. I don't have to wait able to and say it. This moved me. The ending of yeah. this movie touched me in a way I didn't expect it to. And I kind of stood up afterwards not knowing what to do with myself because it was so... They're so beautiful. I, I don't think I've ever said that about a movie. We've this is the 77th or 78th episode. I'm not sure. Never have I felt this way about a movie other than the aforementioned witches, which I thoroughly enjoyed.
0: <laughs> that was just because I enjoyed it. The so witches much. are on the same level uh, of profound.
1: Uh, no, this was profound. That was fully enjoyable. But this, <laughs> I don't know, this I, I've not watched a movie like this in a long time where. You finish it and you go, God, that's made me think. I can't do anything yeah. about anything it says, but it has made me think, and that's nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there are very few other movies that have the impact that this has, or had, on me. Um, and I was not mentally prepared going into this for no. this to be one of those films. Like you said, I mean, we both watched this quite recently before recording this, like we, a couple think we of hours. I finished in
1: the same minute, because you messaged me as I was just typing what I thought about the movie. I was like, oh, God, we're, <laughs> we're in sync, baby.
0: We are, we're synced up. Yeah. Um, our cycles have synced. And <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we finished at the same time, and I messaged saying, look, i finished the film, but I need some time. <laughs> and you said the same thing. Yeah. Like, I need a minute to stop and I adjust just, myself, yeah. just absorb this.
1: Well, I chucked on Elden Ring and smashed some stuff up to sort of normalise <laughs> myself.
0: <laughs> the goblin brain has yeah. to be appeased yeah. to balance out. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really deep or it didn't feel really deep and profound no. and meaningful all the way through. There was a lot of scenes, we've already mentioned, there's a lot of scenes where it's just wacky. Like... It felt like a fun little drug movie, because a lot of the scenes, especially towards the start, where there's the, what is it, three or four of them, Woody Harrelson, Robert Downey Jr. and Keanu, standing around talking absolute shit about, about yeah. an 18-speed bike, which they think is nine-speed, because they're adding the gears instead of multiplying. And, like, it's just such a funny, stupid, like, drug, druggy conversation. I was just sitting there like, okay, yeah, this is kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it is that contrast between those scenes and certainly as you get to the end where we Oh, going to get there? But he starts losing himself and it's just... It's really nice. Completely. I Completely. Here's the issue, and I was going to save this for the end as well, but I'm just going to say it now.
0: <laughs> this we'll just reiterate all this at the end.
1: Yeah, this isn't a movie I would recommend to other people because they would turn it on, they would see what it is and they would turn it off immediately because it's jarring when you put it on. If you're not forced yeah. to watch this, I don't think you would sit down and watch it. But the more time you give it, it, it grows. Uh, and it this doesn't film. just grow on you. It's not like you can put up with it. It just becomes better as you go. It's it, it's
0: brilliant. <laughs> this film has a lot in common with this podcast where we <laughs> yeah. we really hit people hard <laughs> with the first minute yeah, and this film really hits you hard with Maybe, the first yeah. minute, and Maybe you've got to fucking we like decompress.
1: It. Yeah, <laughs> <But> hello <laughs> we got and welcome. An with this.
0: Oh god! <laughs> but then once you yeah. get through that, hello and bugs. <laughs> <laughs> it hits you so fucking hard, and yeah, it, it does. If we yeah. have not been podding this. I honestly. I would have stopped oh, watching. Yeah.
1: Yes. And I was speaking to Harry about it. because I wondered if he'd seen the movie. Harry being on the pod before for everyone. Um, he said he turned it on, saw the animation style, gave it a bit of a go. But it was just a bit, there's not enough going on at the front end of this movie to support how strange the animation style is. So if you're missing one Definitely or the not. other, yeah, you, you turn it off. And I completely understood that reaction. But having been made to watch it, I, for him at least, would say to him to watch it. But I, I'm i not recommending this film to Chloe. I'm not <laughs> telling my other mates to watch this. <laughs> I don't know who this. I would
0: recommend this to.
1: Because, you yeah, know, they're, they're, they're going to watch it and they're going to judge you for picking it. Because they're not going to give yeah. it a go. Because you really have to sink your teeth in for this to become any kind of value for you.
0: You've got to give it time. Because even after... The bugs scene. The bugs Even is after hard. all of that. Yeah, yeah. It, then it, sk- it goes over to the, what we've mentioned, uh, Keanu in his uh, the suit. scramble suit. Yeah, yeah. And the, um, the monologue that he's giving. Like, he's a good, you know, orator. He speaks well, but he's talking such shit. Oh. And it's like... It's both boring and meaningless.
1: The same as Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. They're just doing these big monologues that are for, for cinematographers, for film geeks, for people interested in directing and stage performing. I'm sure that's your fucking cup of tea, <sighs> that stuff. You know, that's, that's probably real art to you. But for a guy who, let's be honest, I've not taken not vitamin D, whatever it's called, substance D. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've not taken vitamin D either. Sleep. I'm
1: very pale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, it, it's just, like, my brain isn't even taking what you're saying. I'm just hearing the sounds because there's, yeah. there's too much covering the meaning of your words. You've got to say it dumb for me. Those scenes, I get it completely, but there, there's a lot of value in this. <laughs> I'd love to talk about those suits more because there's a scene after this where Bob, Keanu, has a yeah. meeting with his superior, uh, who's also in his scramble suit, uh, back at the police station. And f- Fred is just handing over the usual information
0: about his, his group of people. Oh, call him Bob. This is, you can, Bob, Fred.
1: When he's in the suit, he's called Fred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you've also referred to his boss as he.
1: Well, yes, yeah, because we're not at the ending yet. We don't know who he is. <laughs> uh, he's playing placing a lot of emphasis um, on Heather being like uh, his way up to the person he can get the information from. And then his superior mm-hmm. is asking about uh, Bob. That's why I've called the other guy Fred, is asking about Bob and whether or not he is the cause of sure. all the problems in the group. So this is the, the proposition of the movie is now the police think that Bob maybe the criminal, even though Bob is the cop sat in front of the other cop. Bob is technically investigating himself. But surely this problem has arisen in this department before because everybody in this unit is unidentifiable, but they're also all deep undercover, all doing everything they can to look like a drug addict. How does this not happen all the time? All it's, their officers are looking their best to be the real deal. To do, to do drugs, They're not pretend to do drugs. They're doing yeah. drugs with drug addicts. They're buying and selling drugs. So are they not just all arresting each other all the time?
0: Constantly. If you're if you're a substance D addict, and someone offers you a job and says, "Here, you get a suit that makes you unidentifiable and unlimited free drugs."
1: See, I think yeah, what's the, the
0: demographic for that job?
1: I think it's the other way around. I think everyone goes in sober, becomes a cop, then has to go undercover, <laughs> becomes <laughs> a drug addict,
0: reason. and then arrests themselves. The
1: yeah, or they're fucking superior arrests them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The turnover for people in this job is immense.
1: And I didn't know here, for all we know at this point, Heather, Barris, and Freck are all undercover cops, all working on each other, and I didn't know how prescient that was gonna be.
0: <laughs> well, I did I mean yeah, genuinely. When so not not quite on the first scene when he's talking to his boss, but on the second or third. Yeah, yeah. I was okay, looking yeah. at the boss. he uh, well, so he's Keanu, short, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Genuinely. They were yeah. walking next to each other and I was like that boss is a bit short that's about that's the definitely size. that's definitely Winona Ryder in that <laughs> yes, scene isn't it Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was about I mean I don't I'm not the kind of person who guesses you know movie endings or plot twists but even I was about half an hour early on that one
1: <laughs> okay I was also going to say this to the end that thought crossed my mind then but beg- I think it was the voices that that threw me off even though I knew they were voices that
0: yeah, like, with their roboty,
1: voices. they were scrambled, yes. Uh, and it, I was like, no, it, it can't be. It's, it's too obvious. It's it, it's not her. It's some other guy. He's too cold. And like Heather, the writers was so, even though she's animated, her performance was so convincing as this weak, doesn't want to be touched, yeah. drug dealer slash someone who just needs the money person that I, I couldn't believe it would be her. And then that reveal at the end, man, it kind of shattered me. I knew it was going to happen about 10 you know it wasn't right when she took the mask off. It was after he left the office after she had phoned yeah. she'd phoned Heather in big quotes saying can pick him up in 5 minutes and then that superior quickly left the office like okay obviously that's heather but man but still what a what a performance for that to be such a compelling twist.
0: Am I I, her name was Donna. Donna, yes.
1: Right. I might have been calling her Heather. I'm sorry if I Who miss. is Heather?
0: <laughs> you just made that name up. I let that slide. The first oh, it's
1: because I've written Heather. Oh, good. Yes, yes, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I also called Fred Frank for about 15 minutes of my notes and then had to search and replace because Fred was too close to Hank and my brain merged them. But all the time I was thinking blue, Hank. so don't worry.
0: They're, they're all Johnny. <laughs> Well, if you just give me one clean Donna here, I'll cut it back in.
1: Okay. Donna.
0: Perfect. Nice. I'm going to cut the word blue into (laughs) every single time that you say any name. (laughs) Uh, Well, while we're talking about, I mean, well, we're not really talking about the suits anymore, but the scramble suits leads on to just the technology that they have access to. Lockier phones. This bit I mean, everybody yeah, in
1: 2006 has one of those brick knockies.
0: Look, in 2006, all of the people who were trying to guess what would happen to phones in the future, my God, they were miles off, weren't they? Although this but was set they did in their best.
1: 2013, I think, because it came out in 2006, but it said seven years in the future at the start it of the did. movie, which is yeah. a very odd amount of time to choose for in the future, because that's a big gamble to think things would be so different. In seven years,
0: I, I lo- This is one of my favourite things in sci-fi films, where they decide the number of years to <laughs> to go ahead. Okay. Like I think, oh fuck, I think iRobot was set in oh shit, something like twenty thirty. So we're gonna have like full AI in seven years when we'll all still have seven.
1: Nokia bricks.
0: Okay, <laughs> iRobot, all, all all have flip flip phones, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love shit like that. I love just seeing the number of years that they throw ahead. I can't remember what year the original um, Blade Runner was set in, but I know we've passed it.
1: Yeah, I think we have. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: And things were fine. Anyway, wow. It's, they were shit, but they weren't crazy.
0: It's always funny to see what they guess when inevitably it is, oh, the world is exactly the same as now, except we're addicted to more shit. <laughs>
1: Except now people are dancing on my phone and I can't help but watch.
0: <laughs> oh, but they, the technology that they do show, apart from that, apart from the scramble suit, a.k.a. perfect anonymity, they've got <laughs> invisible surveillance cameras. Yes, if holocams. surveillance cameras, disguises, um, and also the only other thing we see is a holograph machine which transforms girls into naked Winona Ryder, which, it feels like all technology in this world is just made by perverts.
1: Yeah, okay, I'm happy to... to so this is a bit further ahead in the movie. Oh, so we've already is... skipped to
0: the end. <laughs> this is... That's true.
1: <laughs> so yeah, Frank agrees, who is Bob, Fred agrees, who is Bob, to have cams <laughs> set up in his house.
0: Fred is Frank um, is Bob. So his he's... Keanu is Robert.
1: <laughs> he's... He's caught right in it at this point. He's investigating himself. He doesn't know that his boss is actually his girlfriend who doesn't want to fuck him who's also the one he's buying drugs from and really his job is to be essentially the bait for Barris who is actually the criminal mastermind but plays a much smaller role in this movie than a mastermind should. Yeah. That makes it sound shit, but it, please watch it. It's actually very good. So he puts <laughs> Otto comes in the in the room. He Bob is having sex with a random woman, and in the middle of the night he wakes up and he fears that she's choked on her own vomit and has died because she's he doesn't look like she's breathing. In the middle of the night he, he, he crawls over her, he sees her chest breathing, he's relieved. Then the next day he is Fred again.
0: No, in the night he she he saw that she'd changed, right?
1: No, no, she doesn't change in the night. Her.
0: I'm pretty sure she does.
1: Oh, I thought she hadn't. I was watching quite intently here, Sam. You could see cartoon boobs. I think
0: I think you're looking at the wrong side of the screen.
1: She changes in the hologram.
0: I think she changes in the original scene as well.
1: Oh, okay, well I could believe that because that would make sense because his brain isn't working. Okay, yeah. So then she changes, and then whilst he's watching the hologram, it's here where he like actually perceives that she's changing and and realizes that there's something wrong with him, kind of. But the the fucking goal of this guy to take the porn from his work laptop <laughs> and then to go to a shared device in the office, which is a projector, yeah. and put the porn on it for people... There are people sat five feet from him all times while he's in it. It's not like a secret room so in a secret government agency. This is a busy sheriff's department where everyone has the scrambles you don't, yes. But still, they can all see that you've just put porn on the shared... What is like the equivalent of? I'm sure kids now don't have these, but they were top of the range when we were in school. The smart boards. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, like putting a cracking pair of tits up on those, <laughs> and then circling <laughs> like, them with the green yeah. pen.
0: <laughs> he's got all of his colleagues in the room, and he's watching himself fast forward. Sec fa- fast forward fucking uh, whoever this girl is. But Colleen. clearly nobody's paying nobody's paying attention. So he pauses and blows the the. the free Zoom. up Zoom. Over, over six separate monitors still no one's paying attention so he exports that file and throws the 3d representation yeah
1: middle of the of room her
0: into the middle of the room and just yeah. kind of stands there looking at it
1: like, if you want a coffee you've got to walk past this. it
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's mad. Terrible work etiquette.
1: And it's only here that he sees that her face transforms, and it's also where I saw mm-hmm. uh, she flits between this girl Connie, who's just like a, a random girl he's picked up, and Heather, who is no, not Heather, Donna. Who the
0: fuck is Heather? <laughs> There's no Heather. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they've got they've got holographic deepfake technology. They've got. Uh, more suits that transform you they've got invisible surveillance cameras it's a pervert's wonderland
1: yeah those, those hollow comes in his house the,
0: i don't think we can dig too much into it like there's a whole there's a thing that it kind of plays off their paranoia
1: yes yeah 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 and that's but that's why I thought they weren't real. Like at this point, I thought he was kind of hallucinating, working at the sheriff's office. Because when he goes home, he looks around, and like even though he he looks around, the camera doesn't go to any of the hollow cams, which you'd expect as a sort of establishing shot for them being in the room. But it never does. It yes. just for like five minutes, it follows him looking around. He's doing a monologue in his head, and he sits down, and he. Just, kind of disassociates from himself. So I thought this movie was leaning to, he never was a cop. It was always in his mind. Uh, yeah, which, me too. It's another thing I like about this movie is it always keeps you on your toes. Certainly from 50% onwards, it. yeah, you're like, oh, is this not what I was expecting? Which is nice. Uh, yeah, but then I thought, then I thought, because of the Nokia phones everyone still has, that all <laughs> the technology in this was fake and this would just be leading to, this is actually just setting our time and everything is normal. This is just the repercussions of, of drugs. Uh, But again, it it wasn't that. Yeah, it's nice that it's
0: always challenging. I feel like something like this is kind of open to interpretation, but there's a, yeah, there's a clear kind of through line. And all of these details serve to build up to what happens towards the end, which, as we've said, is, yeah, he's just falling deeper and deeper into this thing. And he ends up getting sent off to this rehab clinic, which is run by New Path, Path, that's it, which is this sort of shady organisation. I mean, yeah, he he goes to this rehab, which is quite a kind of, it feels a bit culty.
1: Oh, definitely. Well, yes, their intentions are made clear at the end. So so also, uh, Barris is setting Bob up at this point. And again, I was confused at this point. I didn't know what Barris was doing. I didn't know what his intentions were but it's it's literally just that he's just trying to cover for himself. But soon after this, I... we get a flashback of Keanu having a family before being like a police officer or a druggie. This guy's lived so many lives. He had two young kids. He had a wife. He had a lovely house.
0: Well, this does come at this point in the film when his mind is falling apart. Uh, oh, he's mentioned true. towards the start. He mentions right... At Towards the start, when he's a bit more together, that he's got two young kids, but that's a lie. That's just something that he's told to say as part of his story that he gives, as part of the front, as part of the script oh, I didn't that know the department that. gives him. Okay. So then later, when he's talking to his boss, he, he says he that has he has says, been. "I've got two kids," and she says, "No, you haven't." Yeah.
1: At the end, it's uh... oh, I because his
0: reality is falling apart
1: oh, that makes a lot more sense. Well, that speaks more sense of a scene because I, I love this. He he goes into the kitchen uh, just after spending some lovely time with his family and he bashes his head on the bottom corner of a cabinet as has happened with many people. And then in yeah. that moment, he's like, fuck my family, <laughs> fuck this house, <laughs> fuck my garden, fuck my lawnmower. <laughs> I'm done with all of this and I'm out. And a part of me, Related to that, because there's been situations where, like, I've stubbed myself, I've stubbed my toe on something. Like, Chloe has left around the house, and I thought, yeah. God, that's annoying. The difference is, I realise immediately I was the one who left that thing there. It's my fault, and I'm not going anywhere <laughs> in the same second. And this guy's just like, I'm out. I'm fucking it just gone. It
0: does it. <laughs> and the fact
1: that this is actually a, a memory he put in his own head, like, is so much funnier. <laughs> This isn't like a terrible thing he's done. This is something he's put in his own head because it's better than his actual life story.
0: Like it's this yeah. his superhero it's like...
1: origin. is that <laughs> he had a wife and kids, <laughs> and he hit his head so hard on the bottom of a cabinet after reaching into a bottom drawer. <laughs> he was like, "Fuck this! Did I'm going like, to be Camo Man." Fuck the
0: lawnmower i'm
1: out (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny that it mentions the lawnmower
0: (laughs) i mean to take a a, you know a sober kind of reflection on it it's probably all very meaningful and him walking away from the american ideal of two kids in a family in a house and capitalism and moving into the fringes of society but it's much funnier to just think that he bunked his head and <laughs> said like, I'm done. you and left
1: <laughs> well you being right it speaks to something else in the movie that i thought was odd also having had that scene was where he he's like outside his crack den and he's not knowing who's yeah. inside he's just come back from being a cop and then he's noting on like just how fucked what could be a nice house is you know the garden the garden is like full of Rusty cars and garbage. Yeah, that was very Boston, wasn't it? Gadden <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: know where that came from. No.
1: Um, <laughs> it's, like, full of rusty cars and garbage and, like, bags and shit. And he's noting on how this could be nice for a family and such. And I thought that was odd in that moment because he, he had all of that, but that being in his head and him not knowing that that was really his life, that scene makes a lot more sense. I think
0: this is a good fucking movie. He's so deep undercover, he doesn't know who he is anymore. <laughs> but yes, so the the culmination of all this, as he's completely falling apart, he does end up a bit of a broken man. He's kind of the sacrifice that oh, Donna absolutely. makes yes, yeah. to uncover this shady organization, to undercover this parable of the American government, yeah, which is supplying supplying the, uh, the drug to then profit off the uh, rehabilitation and profit off the... The addicts. So he's sent off to this farm in a sort of weird concentration campy way.
1: Yeah. So if you're a good enough inmate at the institution part of New Path, you're allowed to go to like one of the working sections. And he goes to the farm just, just to catch
0: people. Yeah. Up. So he's off at the farm, and then he's he's working, and then he comes across these blue flowers. Here we are. We're back with blue. Never left. Nevertheless. We <laughs> We're back where we belong with blue. He <laughs> finds the blue flowers yeah. and kneels down and, and, and picks one to take for when he goes and you know, sees his friends again, which is the beginning of uncovering and unraveling this whole thing. And what he says as he picks it up yeah. is he says, I saw death rising from the earth, from the ground itself, in one blue field. And I mention that because at the beginning of the film, during his PowerPoint presentation, that is what is written in the caption under the picture of the flower. And when Mm. I was watching that, I paused the film and wrote that down because it was so weird.
1: It felt like it was a callback to something, but I couldn't recall a specific movie part of the movie where it was Uh, from.
0: I assume it's a quote from the book. Oh, Um, but I'd yes yeah, so I'd paused right at the start of this film and written that down think this was back when I was thinking that this was going to be a funny film that I was going to enjoy it that I was going to throw some little trivia out that oh look at this funny little thing they wrote under the under the flower but no I was I was just blown away even more
1: it's a very contrasting scene that in one because he a lot of his mental faculty is gone he just often repeats Back something whatever anyone else has said to him like that guy who's kind of his keeper he'll say something and then Ken he like He's the, fully the keeper will be like over the cuckoo's
0: nest. yeah there's a
1: lot of air out here that you'll you'll get to breathe and then Ken is like I like air and then the guy's like yeah we all like air dude like, <laughs> of course blue.
0: yeah we all like blue
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well, yeah exactly and then Ken wanders into this crop field and you can't see the flowers from the when you're standing up for some reason yeah, and he's watering but then he kneels down because he drops something and then all of a sudden the perspective changes and you can see this blue field of flowers among the crops which I suppose mm-hmm. you're supposed to infer that they're hidden by the crops or maybe there's some kind of holographic covering for them and you can only see them if you you know you intend to pick them I don't know
0: but we're like seven metaphors deep at this point it yeah. doesn't yeah <laughs>
1: Either his his brain has come back or it's referring to a scene that previously we'd seen Donna talking to another cop where it's like, hopefully there's something of that cop brain left that Uh recognises this is evidence and he needs to take it. And he does. He he picks up a flower, he puts it in his sock and he continues down the field watering. The movie ends and Uh you assume that new path will be brought into a court for growing the crop that causes people to, yeah. to go into the rehab. I don't know who paid for Keanu to go into the rehab, by the way, because this guy, maybe he did have money, but he didn't bring any of it with him. And this guy doesn't look like he has bank accounts. The money is hidden in his walls and stuff, so I don't know how they're charging him each month. But uh,
0: That's yeah, funny. That's the... All these checks are coming from, from the sheriff's office.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a... Um, and then the end. The, the movie ends with this list of names. And I don't know if you checked the relevance of those names.
0: Uh, well, I assume there were people that Philip K. Dick knew.
1: Yes, it was. So it's like people and how they died. And also there's a quote mm-hmm. about how... Uh, it's actually a very beautiful quote, but like, I don't want to butcher it. It's about how the, you do stuff and the consequences of it on your own. Please research it, because that's such a bad interpretation of it. Like, you, you could do stuff, and sometimes it's not your fault. I'm it's so glad you didn't butcher that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I should have no, just it, said yeah. blue,
1: shouldn't I? I should have screamed <laughs> blue at the top of my lungs, and it would have been more compelling than what I said. <laughs> uh, but yes, they're all friends of Philip K. Dix that died, but also Philip's name is in that list. There's a fellow in that list, uh, and it says that he had pancreatic cancer, and he did have pancreatic cancer because oh, wow. of all I the drugs. Know that. Yes. Which is an extra moving little tidbit for everybody. I wasn't going to do trivia because usually I'm allergic to it, but this movie was so moving that I looked at yeah. that same article as you, which was Wikipedia, which you can't call an article, I suppose. <laughs> and, and I it's thought, as close That's, as we get yeah, to research. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a great cancerous now because we're not doing bad reviews. Uh, no. for a very yeah, a good reason like because a lot of them are just like like you said just taking the piss out of the animation style and again those are people who put it on and didn't watch it all the way through because if they had they'd have yeah. felt the way we feel now
0: i think people who give it bad reviews are the ones that yeah, yeah. like you said they watch the first scene yeah. and there's nothing much insightful or funny to be to be yeah. found
1: and i that understand case. that i understand why they did i i'd have done the same thing if i hadn't <laughs> needed to watch this movie but let's now move into the question and Sam, I'll start with you because you're the only other guy here, bro. So let's go. Sam, so you thought that was good to you. That is not the name of the podcast. So you think that was good to
0: you. <laughs> I'm only going to leave the first one. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not going to come as a surprise, is it? Yeah, I actually think that was really fucking good. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, Uh, I don't know if Carl knows how good this is. I don't know if he's seen this or. I don't think he has. I think he just pulled it from a a list on IMDb. He wanted
1: Keanu Reeves sci-fi movies. That was his two filters.
0: Well, Carl, if you're listening to this, then fucking give this film a watch. We probably we've just spoiled the whole thing, so (laughs) I'll probably tell you this (laughs) earlier than this point in the pod. But give this film a watch. It's fucking great. And it's not even just the kind of moving message in it. once you get past the jarring animation style, yeah, and it is jarring, it's kind of uncomfortable to watch at times. Um, it's just the whole thing, aside from a few weird quirky technology things, is fantastic. I thought the acting was for the most part great. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was fucking great in this. like I really en- I enjoyed every scene with him in um same with Woody Harrelson as weird as it is it's always weird to see Woody Harrelson with hair but still he killed it <laughs> <laughs> his, his scenes were fantastic and it like it gave that little bit of kind of lightheartedness which even that works so well with the plot cuz in retrospect at the end you like those fun little scenes were actually quite dark cuz they're all leading up to yeah this ending um Yes, I do think that was good. What about you, as if I don't know already?
1: Yeah, I I can't hide anything. I thought that was a gorgeous movie. Uh, I've not felt like this about a movie for a long time. Maybe ever. This is a very specific kind of feeling. Even beyond the message of the end, having come out the other side, seeing this thing as a whole, and appreciating everything I didn't appreciate along the way. It's a really... Nice feeling. I've never, ever had this on the podcast, so it's a fucking strange <laughs> yeah. one to come to. This is
0: this is weird. This is rare.
1: Uh, you know, in the context of all movies ever, I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10. I've not seen The Godfather. I've not seen The Breakfast Club. I've not seen The Dead Poets Society. But in the context of what I've seen for this, and I think this uh, being a comprehensive Transformers, study so. of movies, that's Fucking crazy bro. Uh <laughs> this is a ten out of ten for me, man. The the journey going from thinking this being something not worth my time, to something me putting this in a box, thinking it's a druggie movie, to then seeing the end, which led me to seeing this as a whole, was a really great journey. <laughs> which mm. I know sounds so
0: from too many bugs. To <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> I loved it, and you're right. The performances were excellent, and I made a note halfway through, which was, um, it was in the scene where they just come home from the car breakdown, and Robert Downey Jr. was saying that he'd put cameras in the house, and um, he he'd filmed a bunch of stuff, and people were trying to frame Keanu, and Keanu was acting like, uh he didn't know that Robert Downey Jr. was the one setting him up. And I was going to say, the animation style took away from that because you can only see what they're acting in the moment. You can't see the nuances of their performance because of the animation style. And then as you go on, you realize because he's losing his mind, that was intentional. He actually, in that moment, didn't know that Robert Downey Jr. was the one setting him up because of this confusion in his mind. Which, maybe because I was holding on to that, to the end, that nugget, Almost to stick it to the movie. Like I'd held that in my mind. I was like, I'm gonna get you with this. And then at the mm-hmm. end, it explained it to me. I let that go. And maybe all my, maybe I'm wrong about this, and my problems with it were right. But it, it ah, man, no, I had a, I had a great time with this. I, I, it's so rare for me to feel like this about anything. I, I loved it. I'm gonna, oh I'm God. saying it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all of, all, all of the films that Carl has. Pushed on us. I We've know. complained so much when he's been here. The Rocketeer, Rocketeer, and a massive shit like one, that. Uh, and oh, God. the one, the one time, the bulletproof, bulletproof monk, bulletproof yeah. monk. he's picked a belter, and he's not here, and he's not here. <laughs> I know. He doesn't know. And until this episode comes out, we are gonna message him and say that it was a shit film.
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah, we
0: hated every second.
1: Force him to listen to this. Now, yeah. I'm astounded by that. Uh, but I know I, I couldn't convince people to watch it. There's no way somebody puts this on and is like, this is for me.
0: It takes a certain kind of person.
1: That leads us cleanly to the end of the episode, Sam. Thank you so much for this. I've had a great time
0: yeah me too this has been this has been good fun
1: it has and thank you all for listening i please just give this movie a go i know you're not going to but it's it's worth it trust me please do also leave us that five star review and follow us over on twitter and instagram so you think hard join us again next week Uh, for a movie we've not quite revealed yet Uh, no it's The Matrix it's The Matrix it's 1999's (laughs) The Matrix Matrix. everybody's seen it but we're going to do it again and I'm sure it's not as good as you fucking think it was it's certainly not as good as this
0: movie Uh, no it genuinely isn't (laughs) no no (laughs) oh god who who saw that coming (laughs) that The Matrix is going to be the dud of (laughs) Keanu
1: Genuinely beautiful. Well, until Ah. then,
0: goodbye. See you next week.